Okay, we're live. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Know Your Gear Live, episode 120. How you guys doing? I hope you're having a great week. Uh, a lot of stuff going on. Obviously, I just came back from the NAM show. I saw a bunch of you guys. I got to meet so many people at the show. I, I kind of, uh, I'm kind of, maybe it's going to be a reunion today because <laughs> there was a lot. Um, let's see. Uh, so we got some questions. I have some subjects to talk about, which is good. And what else we got going on? And a funny story. I got a good story. And uh, maybe I'll start with something different. There's 87 of you uh, here. So maybe I'll share with you uh, something fun, right? Uh, which is, uh, it's my birthday tomorrow. <laughs> so I had lunch with my buddy Lawrence uh, Petros from Petros Pedals. And he gave me a gift. And uh, oh, I should show you this too. So when I was in Nashville, I bought myself a gift. I got a used uh, Fuzz FZ5 pedal from Carter Vintage Guitars. Um, and I'm pretty excited. I haven't had a chance to try it yet. I plan to try it this afternoon. That's my big plans. Um, this is a pedal. I don't think I've ever played it. And if I have, it's been so long, I forgot. I'm actually interested in this pedal for my bass. So we're going to see, uh, how I like it through my bass and, uh, some cool stuff going on. So I got a fuzz pedal for my birthday. And then, like I said, today, Lawrence gave me this like nicely wrapped box. I'm assuming there's a pedal in there. It's going to be weird if it's not because <laughs> it's a pedal box. Um, and I'm going to show you what it is. It's got rubber feet. Look at it out of the... It is... Uh, it is the Vermin. So this is a Vermin pedal. And so, you know, I kind of cheated. I already kind of looked at it. So <laughs> In fact, the first thing when I saw it, I go, is this a rat clone? And he kind of made a face at me that it's not technically a rat clone. It's just based on the rat pedal. And I haven't tried it. That, again, is going to be tonight's entertainment. I'm very excited about this. Um, the graphics are killer. Look at that. You know what I mean? Just, it looks classy. Um, and he told me something else cool, uh, that it's number one. This is the first one. So he gave me the number one of the vermin pedals. I have to admit, uh, it's going to sound a little, uh, salesman -y, but his pedals have come so f far from what they first looked like when they were such basic looking pedals. They, I mean, this is a great looking pedal. His graphics, Funny thing is, I would honestly say when he started out, I think his graphics was his absolute worst thing. The pedals sounded amazing, but the graphics were really boring. And now I think the graphics are, are his strongest suit. His pedals look great. So, I mean, of course, they sound great, but, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, you want the outside to look as good as the inside kind of thing. That's that's a philosophy. So thank you again, Lawrence, for this, man. This is great. Uh, lots of fun for the afternoon to try out a pedal. It's always nice to get a pedal for your birthday. And, um, and uh yeah, William says, number one, you got to put that in the case. I know I got to try it first, though, <laughs> before I put it up. And uh, so speaking of that, there's already some good questions. I saw one question uh, and I pinned it real fast. The question was, what would I recommend? Uh, that's Thomas. Thomas says he's looking for a delay and reverb pedal in one. Do you think it's a good idea to get a combo pedal uh, that can do both or a specialist pedals uh, are better? Are they better? Um well, here's what's funny. Somebody mentioned one of my favorites, which is the Ethereal by Wampler Pedals. However, I've talked to Brian about this, and as much as I love that pedal, there's a, there's something about it that I uh, there's the thing about it that held me back from loving it, which is you the way it works is not as it's not like the New X pedal, which is the one I recommend, the Atlantic. Now, I think 
Wampler makes a better quality pedal effect-wise, tone your ears, than Nuex did. I really like the way the ethereal sounds. But Nuex uh, makes a pedal called the Atlantic that's a uh, delay and reverb in one. And you can stack them and you can do either or. Where the uh, Wampler, it's either or, right? You have to decide. I don't think you get to stack them. Um, if somebody has the ethereal, maybe that's what I'm missing. I thought that's what I remember when I was trying it out was I was loving it, but I loved, and I told, uh, I think I told Brian, I said, but you can't have both. I want both. I want to do reverb and delay. And so the Atlantic is a fantastic pedal. Uh, Thomas, I'll be reviewing that pedal soon. The interesting thing about that pedal though, was I've had that pedal for months and uh, it was, it was sounded fantastic, but there was something about the tone of it. Maybe it was like digital or there's a tone to it. And I couldn't decide if that was, the pedal, you know what I mean? And uh, anyways, long story short, I feel like after a couple months of using it, I feel like all the negatives I have about that pedal and all the positives, I really have ironed out. And I know what I like about it and I don't like about it. And I really do like it, especially for the price point. Uh, so I'm going to review it and then I'll tell you what I like and what I don't like about it. And uh, hopefully that'll help you out when making decision. But to answer the second party question, do I think it's better to buy a single delay and single reverb pedal? Um, I don't think it's better. It's a need thing. If you want to have the convenience of having a reverb delay in one box, save space, save money. I think that's, you know, that's the smart move. I, uh, if your question is, are you missing out? You know, is that a wrong move? Are you going to regret that down the road? I don't think so because I have obviously delays and reverbs combined. And I, in fact, the opposite, I, although I could argue that I like certain delays and reverbs better than my Atlantic pedal. I've been using the Atlantic for the convenience factor alone. It's just great, especially for a pedal you stick in the effects loop of your amp and now you have delay and reverb. It's 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 just great. It's a great pedal. Like I said, I, I really like it. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, what else do we got going on? Any other questions or fun things? Or I'll go into... Uh, uh, Jen's just want to say happy birthday, Phil. Thank you. I appreciate that. Birthdays are good, man. You know, anytime you're standing up and getting up in the morning and upright, it's a good day. You forget that sometimes, but you have to remember it. So, uh, Michael wants Sanchez wants to know, do you have videos or video or videos on how to do setup? I have videos explaining my processes setup, not the actual setup. I do have physical videos filmed right now, uh, for, uh, setups and a series of repair videos. And, um, I think, uh, I think our plan the whole time had been to release them in June or July. And then the traveling thing kind of really messed it up. So we'll see how this works out. I really want to, uh, I was, my whole plan was to release all the repair videos at one time. And I just don't see that as a, that was a little overstretching. I realize now maybe I was just a little, I don't know, naive to think I could do all that in one hit and I can't. So I'm going to have to release some piecemeal. So, uh, there's a super chat or a top chat. Now they call it a top chat instead of a super chat because people aren't super anymore. They're just top for paying <laughs> to get a question through. Um, but top chat works good. Bob Crosley. Hey, Bob, well, Bob's a patron too. Thank you, Bob. Uh, says, Hey Phil, happy birthday. Looking for the best affordable fuzz pedal under 150 bucks new with the widest range of fuzz styles and tones. Oh, that's tough. Um, cause, cause you're asking for two things. Well, you're asking for affordable and then you're asking for the widest range of fuzz styles. Um, I, I know there's probably pedals out there that do multiple fuzz tones and they probably do them well. I'm, I don't own any of them. Um, you know, fuzz pedals for me, 
is never about which one's the best. It's which one I'm into at the moment. I've been into the, uh, the Gila monster fuzz, uh, that Lawrence Petros makes. Um, and I don't know why I, I can't even tell you that it, it's great. I, I don't even know if there's like, I, I can't say it's the best fuzz. I just, for some reason in my mood in the last couple months, it's just been the pedal I've been using. Otherwise I tend to always go back to my Havelina fuzz by way huge. Um, but I really do think like the big, I'm looking at pedals. That's why I keep looking to the right. I have a wall of pedals here. Um, there's so many pedals, Bob. It's tough. You know what? Uh, the better question for you is, do you have a fuzz pedal now and what are you looking for? But if you don't have a fuzz pedal, I always recommend trying to find a used big muff pedal and start there. It seems to be a great starting place for fuzz pedals and you can find them in uh, pretty affordable when they're used. Dragon model says the boss hyper fuzz. If I was not mistaken, the hyper fuzz is like expensive now, right? I think it is. I think it's a, like it's collectible. Does anyone know for sure? I don't know. Well, maybe, well, why don't we look? You know why? Uh, that was Dragon Model. And it's one of those questions. Because, you know, that's the funny thing about boss pedals. They stopped making them. I believe the boss hyperfuzz. You guys are probably beating me to this, but it's okay. Uh, are out of production. And my experience with boss is if it's out of production. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let me share. So the hyperfuzz is probably a great pedal. <laughs> but it's out of production. And, and so my experience with anything out of production with boss, see $316, 237, 303, 303, $300. I mean, yeah, I don't know how good it is. I can't imagine it's $300 worth good, but maybe it is uh, dragon model. If you, you can testify to that and say how amazing it is, maybe, maybe do that. <laughs> right. Uh, something else I should mention. I mentioned birthday and I put in the notes. Uh, you know, I, I, a couple of shows ago, I did this thing where if you get 20% off when I do the, just during the live show, a lot of you had said, Hey, I, I watched the show, but I don't get to watch it live. It's my birthday. So what I did was I did 25% off coupon for merch till Monday. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I just at that point, so, you know, 25% off, that's pretty much like, uh, you know, it's just, I'm just letting you guys have, have it. <laughs> Right. Cause I get a piece and I don't think it's much more than 25% of the margin. So of the, of the shirt. So, uh, anyways, I just thought it'd be a great way. It's my birthday. Let's celebrate it. Right. I just feel like celebrating my birthday this year. Um, so, uh, Oh, uh, uh, Bendel Schnitz says, have you tried the ZFX fuzz factory? It is the craziest, funnest fuzz pedal. And it's always one of those pedals. I had one and I got rid of it and I, I don't know if I regret getting rid of it. Uh, I, I don't necessarily not regret getting rid of it. I loved it. It was so weird. The gating, the noise gating. It was one of those fuzz pedals that was really cool. And every time I played it, I got distracted. In other words, I played weird stuff with it, but I didn't make music with it. And so, it, and that doesn't, that's not a negative against it. It's just, it's such a cool thing that, you know, it's, it's too cool. So I actually think the Z-Vex, Z-Vex fact, fact, fuzz factory is too cool for me. Um, but, uh, but I highly recommend it. It was a great pedal quality wise and sound. It was cool. Uh, Jordan wants to know thoughts on Etsy buying reverb. You know, funny story about this is, uh, uh, the originally when reverb started, uh, my understanding was the person who owns reverb, who I believe owns Chicago music used to own some other, or did some other tech type company online entity and sold that off as well. And I was told that that was the original play for reverb, that reverb was being built to be sold from day one. 
that is something I was told literally when Reverb started. This is way before I was on YouTube. This is when I had a store. Everything about Reverb has uh, lent me to believe that rumor or that story to be true. Because if you ever look how Reverb operated, it was very customer driven, very supportive of sellers, very always, uh, you know, if you had a damaged product, they were always made sure that they, they warranted or took care of it. They were always, uh, you know, fees are really cheap. They always did more than what a company uh, should have to do. And, you know, I mean, they had their faults too, but I mean, for the most part, they were always, you know, striving for the best. And that's usually my experience. A company will go over the top when they're trying to gain market share. And I think Reverb's whole plan from day one was to get the market share big enough to where somebody, some big fish would notice them and buy them. So I think it was like $275 million for Reverb. That is what my thoughts are. So in other words, I'm not shocked. That was inevitability and something I was told from the get-go from... So I, I believed it and obviously it was true. And the question now is, will Etsy, you know, continue the service and the experience, the, the, the shopping and buying experience that we know from Reverb? My guess is not, but I'm hoping uh, that uh, it's a, you know, like boiling the frog. It's a slow change. Hopefully it will be a while before we notice like the fee goes up a certain percentage. The, the insurance goes up a little bit. They do a little less. The, you know what I mean? They, they offer less service. You never know. Um, I'm hoping for the best, but I, you know, kind of what is like hope for the best, but expect the worst. You know what I mean? Um, I'm expecting that it's going to downgrade a little bit over time. Fees will go up. Service will come down a little bit to be more profitable. Hopefully, uh, you know, it's one of those things that ha takes a while. That way, if it's at the, you know, like a slow, slow boil, when you get to the point where you just not feeling that the service is equal to the cost, you'll drop off as a customer. And because they have such market share, they'll keep a lot of customers because there's not a lot of choices. That's my two cents on it. Um, anyone that want to put a comment in there and tell me what you know, uh, let me know what you think. So, uh, let's see. I like this one just because uh, he says, hey, uh, uh, follow up, which, oh, LLIP. I love that, follow up. Uh, hey, Philip, any idea on the GE300? I believe if we're talking about the GE300, we're talking about the uh, more GE300. Let me double check that. And... That's what's uh, always nomenclature names are tough. Um, yes, I, I, there could be another GE 300. I don't know, but I think what he's asking me about is the more, uh, more GE 300, more, uh, uh, more is the company M O O E R pronounced more, uh, like Moo R. Uh, it's a uh, Chinese for magical ear is what it means. And, um, yes, uh, my understanding is that I have one of these coming to me right now. Uh, and I plan to do a shootout with that and the uh, Helix. I feel very, uh, I feel very confident now that I understand the Helix, <laughs> and I know what the learning curve on the Helix was. And I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to see how much fast? To me, it's not about the sound qualities. If the sound qualities are on par, that'd be great. Um, I want to see how much of a learning curve it did because the Helix, although it was not very complicated, had a little bit of learning curves for somebody like me that never tried a digital stuff. So that is something I plan to 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 do so there you go that's my thoughts on that uh mark mcmullen says i'm thinking of selling my elite strat and elite telly to get a new 60s gibson standard am i mental 
Um, well, you know, you know what, buddy, the, the trick is, is it because you're, is it because, well, you gotta, you gotta weigh out the, the, the logic here. Are you going to sell those two guitars because you need the cash to buy that guitar and you just want that guitar? That's always not a smart move, but we all do it. Are you doing it because the Tele and the Strat are not what you hope they would be? You're longing for something different and you think the Gibson standard is the way to go. Maybe then it's the right move. Um, you know, that's how it is. I have personally, I think I've talked about this many times on these, on these podcasts, live shows. I have personally tried to make my fenders sound like Gibson's and it's tough. You know what I mean? I want that fuller, fatter, larger Gibson sound, but I want the comfort of a Strat or a Tele and it's been a tough, uh, tough battle. Um, so no, it's not crazy. But on that note, I have a funny story and I'll share with you about Gibson because sometimes I like to say funny stories on the show. So here's, here's the funny story. I was at the NAMM show. I'm going to share with you right now. I'm screen share with you. And I went, ta-da, here we are screen sharing. I went, let me show you my big round head picture so you guys can see. Look at that. I went to the Gibson booth. Look at that. I'm a VIP. Don't forget that because that's an important part of the story. Here's the Gibson booth. Look at that. I was right up front. I got to see James Curley talk. I actually got to film it. And, uh, and so I was at the, uh, let me stop this. I was at the Gibson booth. Now that's only funny because if, uh, those of you remember the term, I crashed the party. I crashed the party. I was not invited to the Gibson booth. I, um, basically was, I asked a bunch of friends <laughs> that were YouTubers and, uh, <laughs> and right now, Brian Stewart's like, Gibson party, how did I miss you? Here's how you miss me, Brian. I didn't stick around very long. What ended up happening was I met a bunch of friends, some of them YouTubers, some of them not, after the NAMM show. And they said, hey, are you going to the Gibson party? And I said, no. And they said, why not? And I said, I wasn't invited. And they said, we well, should come anyways. So I was really actually supposed to be at a dinner later that night. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I literally... Um, I, uh, I literally uh, said, okay, I'll walk with you. It's two blocks. At least I'll have, you know, some company. So as we were walking to the event, there was a lady with an iPad and she was checking off names on the list. And so what happened was when I got to, when I was standing in line with them, uh, when it came to the, the lady, uh, she said name. And I said, my name's not on the list. And she's like, it's not. And I said, no, um, but they said I could come. <laughs> I'm a YouTuber. <laughs> And I figured that would be the end of it. There was a security guard. She'd probably say, okay, please exit to the right. Instead, she said, uh, could you tell that lady what you said, that they said you could come? Gibson said you could come. And I said, sure. So I walked into the inside the, the bar area, and there was a lady with lanyards, and she was talking to somebody, and I'm polite by nature. So I stood there and waited for her to finish talking, which took a little while. <laughs> and uh, when she was done, she looked at me, and she she says, how can I help you? And I said, I need one of those lanyards. And she said, artists are VIP. And I said, VIP. So she handed me a lanyard. And then I walked in and I got about two feet in. Somebody handed me a beer. That was cool. <laughs> and then I saw Joe Bonamassa standing there. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Uh, <laughs> so I sat down with some friends and some other YouTubers and had a, a beer or two. <laughs> and uh, it was a little awkward because I was like, oh, I don't know if they're going to find me. And, you know, because my head sticks out. I wasn't wearing a hat, my big bald head sticking out. So, uh, uh, long story short, uh, after 
about 15 minutes. I thought that was the most, you know, she'd probably hang out since you're not invited. And uh, I didn't eat their food or anything. I just, <laughs> I just went and met my Uber and went to my dinner later that night. So there you go. So I crashed the Gibson party and, uh, that was cool. It was a cool looking party. Let me tell you, it was, uh, they had a lot of who's who there and it was, looked like everybody was having fun. So, uh, so it was good. <laughs> so that's my, that's my story. I thought I'd share with you because that's my first time I ever did that. It's one of those things that you did as a kid, you know, crashing parties. I never did that. So I kind of felt, uh, kind of, you know, felt young again, felt like a teenager. So no, it was great. So correct. <laughs> and the, and the beer was good. <laughs> so, uh, uh, let's see. <laughs> Waller GA says at Gibson security is our top priority. Yeah. You know what I learned? I learned something, you know, it's always nice. You never, it's never too late to learn anything. I learned the art of crashing a party is pretending deep down like an actor getting into the character of someone who looks like they're supposed to be there. So I made sure I looked like, yeah, I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> So it's good. All right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and then uh, John says I should invite Gibson on my show. I have invited Gibson on the show. So you guys know I invited Gibson when they were going on bankruptcy. I asked him to come here and, and talk about it. I've asked Gibson to to come on these live shows and talk about it. I, I even so, you know, went as far as saying, hey, we'll keep the subject on whatever you want to talk about, um, because I want to talk about the guitars and, um, uh, you know, it's never it's never happened so at that point so you never know who knows right i don't know so there you go and so uh, if anyone asks yes mark agnesi was there at the event and i didn't get a chance to take a picture with him or say hi unfortunately i saw him a couple times every time he was really busy uh i thought maybe you know talk to him i think some youtubers actually talked to him i thought guitar hack interviewed him i haven't seen it yet um if i can find it when i'm indexing i'll try to link it to, to the end. I heard he interviewed him. I just literally got back Tuesday. Um, when I flew back, I don't want to get too long winded on this, but when I flew back from Nashville, uh, you know, I live in Arizona, it like never rains here, but literally when the plane was supposed to land here, a three hour flight from, uh, I can't, where did I come from? St. Louis, St. Louis here is like three and a half hours. When it's supposed to land, we had a monsoon. So the plane had to circle for an hour and then the plane decided that they were low on gas. So we went to Ontario, California, got fuel and new pilots and came back. So my flight was six and a half hours. So I was a little uh, tired on Tuesday. <laughs> so I haven't been really doing much. Okay. There you go. So uh, Ben says it was great hanging out with you at NAMM. It was, man. It was great seeing all you guys. I wasn't at the NAMM show very much. That's the downfall of this. I was at three hours on Thursday and three hours on Saturday. And that's rounding up a little bit. Uh, but still, I did get to see stuff, which is great. So, <laughs> Greg, Greg says, Gibson copyrighted VIP lanyards. You have been warned. Yes. Yeah. Now, think of this. Now that lanyard is evidence. <laughs> so, it's good. It's cool. I'm, I'm so, you know, if Gibson ever sees this video, I'm more than willing to send you a check for the two beers, man. Uh, you know what I mean? So, there you go. You can always hit me up for it <laughs> if you want. So, all right. <laughs> yeah. And then the last one, we'll move on. William says, I was definitely not authentic. Yes. I think the most unauthentic un un thing you can do is crash the Gibson party. By the way, I thought personally, the Kramers were one of the things that stole the show at the NAMM show this year. Looked fantastic. So, old man's in disordered t-shirt. Thanks, man. Use the coupon cord code. Awesome. I appreciate that. So, 
I think you said. Uh, <laughs> and then I, we're getting sidetracked. And then uh, Joey says, two beers, you said one. Well, you know, there's a rule about beers, right? Isn't it like if you say one beer, it's two. And if you say, <laughs> right. So, I mean, it's two. So there you go. Um, all right. Let's get back on to uh, some gear. We got to talk about gear. Um, okay. Hold on a second. Uh, oh, okay. Mr. Skagnasty says, just got here. What is the amp behind you to your right? He's talking about my custom coupe right there. Try to figure that out. Uh, if you guys saw, I'll link a video. When I was in Germany, I did a video with Jay Leonard J in this uh, crazy expensive vintage store. And I was telling him when I was there, there was this 212 custom coupe 72 sitting there. And I told the story about that. So if you guys don't know, the custom coupe was designed and built by James Brown, the guy who designed and built the 5150 amps for PV. And I think he's also behind the classic series of amps for PV, but that I'm not 100% sure. I've never asked him when I talked to him. Uh, but I heard that, and it makes sense because it was around the same timeline. But anyways, when he went to custom, he made these amps. These are uh, made in the USA. They will say they say uh, specifically on the backs, made in the USA out of US and import parts because nothing's 100% made in the USA anymore. Uh, great amp. One of the best uh, dirty channels and clean channels on a little amp reverb tank the whole nine yards and so there was a 72 watt one and we tried it and i really enjoyed it and i missed mine i had one years and years ago and it was one of those amps i never understood what i sold so of course when i put the video up i was like i was thinking what do these things go for bought that for 350 dollars plus 50 dollars shipping so i paid 400 bucks for that amp it's a great amp so hopefully, uh, and you can find them for that price now, I'm sure. Cause videos like this, you know, once you guys, you know, there's only two or three out there for sale. There's actually a two twelve seventy two right now for sale on eBay for three fifty plus $50 shipping. Uh, you know, be diligent. Of course, the description seemed vague. So make sure you ask some questions. Always be, you know, smart when you're buying the stuff. But, uh, I can honestly tell you, you know, I can't say the amps, the best thing ever. It's not hand wired or anything, but for three, 400 bucks, it's definitely a great tube amp and it's, it sounds, it sounds good. They're really dark sounding. I, I do plan. So you guys know if the question is next is, do I plan to review it? I do plan to review it and compare it against my, uh, supersonic 22. So, um, there you go. Uh, hold on a second. You know what I need to do is update, update these top chats you know what's funny is they call it top chat on your side now but in my side it still says super chat so what are they trying to say um okay so okay so i got a couple things martin uh says hey thanks for the great channel thank you martin uh you've given me the confidence to do my own mods lots of fun very rewarding you know i love that man very rewarding is a perfect way to explain it i i always uh i feel conflicted when i do these mod videos um and, you know, sometimes in the comments, people are like, why would you mod a $150 guitar? And I, I understand that logic so much, but I also go, man, I don't know. I enjoy doing that. So, you know what I mean? I love playing guitar. I play guitar every day. Uh, but sometimes when I'm working on guitars, this one's like therapy for me. Just, you know, I'm a chatty guy. So sometimes when I'm quiet, just soldering or working or sanding, just a very nice feeling to mod guitars. And it's always nice to me, you know, to to take something that isn't great and make it better i think that's always a great feeling i think everybody always feels a little better from that and it doesn't even have to be guitars you know some people are about that with cars souping up your cars making your car better you know making things better 
the feeling, you know what I mean? To me, it's like one less step towards the landfill for things. Sometimes taking something and making it going to last forever um, is a good feeling. So there's, there's untangible things, but so I'm glad you said it's rewarding. I find it to be rewarding as well. Sean Brown says, plan on getting a Fender Tone Master? Question mark. Um, so I'm assuming he's thinking of getting it because I'm not thinking of getting one. The Tone Master is a great amp. Uh, not my favorite, but I do have a friend who has one and loves it. Um, my thing is, I believe the Tone Master does not have reverb, right? Sometimes you got to think there's so many versions. See, a lot of the for Fender, for me, Fender has always been about not only a good clean or a light overdrive, but always a great reverb. So a lot of the the amps that just have tremolo, let's look at the Tone Master. I just need, yeah, no reverb. Not that I'm seeing. Hold on. Oh, there's a Tone Master Deluxe. Hold on. We need to look now. Because that's one thing about these shows is sometimes I'm too eager to go to the next question. We miss out on something. Yes. So you're talking about the new Tone Master. Ah, see, this is why we have to do some investigating and check. So, yes, it's funny that there, you know, uh, you know what? I feel bad. I feel bad because this is not my idea. So I have to give credit to the Tone King. The Tone King has a theory and I really feel horrible. I hope he's done a video about this. If not, I'm kind of letting it out of the bag. But he has a, a theory, the Tone Master, that if you look at all the new Fender product, his theory is that they keep naming all the new product old names, be, right? And he his because that way when we search old stuff, their new stuff comes out. So when we're on eBay looking up old Tone Masters, new things come up as Tone Master. So back to the question, what he's asking me is the new Tone Masters. This I'll show you right now. It was in my NAM highlights, uh, which won't do anybody who listens to this on the podcast any good, but I'll do my best to describe it. Um, so, so here's the deal. I actually got to see them briefly uh, against, you know, when I, I don't know, I wasn't supposed to, but I did, uh, at TGU, which is Tolman. Okay. That's me smiling. And that's me picking the amp up off the ground with my pinky. That's a Fender Deluxe Reverb. I literally have picked it up. That's about six inches uh, or eight inches. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Six inches off the ground. Uh, and, uh, with my pinky, that's how light the, uh, Tone Master Deluxe Reverb is. For you guys so what you guys so if you don't know oh let me go back because you guys are still looking at a screen hold on a second okay back to me if you guys don't know fender came out with new two new products the twin reverb and deluxe reverb under the new name tone master they are digital amplifiers like modeling amplifiers but they only modeled themselves uh i did not try them because i was at a giant loud convention center and there's no way to try them um they were at T, uh, TGU Tolman, but they weren't available for us. I don't know why Fender didn't take advantage of the fact that they had 25 YouTubers there that would have gladly reviewed them and signed an NDA, non-disclosure act, until today. But, you know, companies just for some reason don't think. So that was a weird move for them. You know, I was like, I'm here. Let me review it now. And I'll just sign something or email me and I'll email you that I won't disclose it. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, audio of interest, uh, tourist, audio of interest has uh, caught my joke. Anyways, um, so the um, so back to the to the thing. I haven't tried them. The they are interesting. The thing I was a little shocked about was the price. They're eight ninety nine for the deluxe reverb, uh, which is uh, a lot a lot more than I thought it was going to be. Because I mean, you know, I have a deluxe reverb and I didn't pay. 
$900 used for it. I think they're like $1,100 new or a thousand bucks. So, um, cool. The question is, I think at that point, you know, it's an amp modeling name. I really have to try it. It's one of those things. I just don't know what to speculate. So, um, you know, I was hoping that Fender would put those on the round. Sometimes Fender will send those out to us channels to try out, you know, um, and we get our hands on it. Uh, if that doesn't happen, I'm sure I'll have to get my hands on it some other way through a, you know, music store or something. Maybe, you know, maybe I can get some free time in a store or something like that and try it out. I, I don't know. Um, uh, Brian Stewart says he was bummed that Fender custom shop stuff was chained to the wall. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, that's the NAMM show as a whole it's either too loud to try anything. The NAMM show is not, that's why I said I wasn't there for the show. You want to walk around and see stuff. You, you know, the only thing that happens besides you get to see people in the industry that you may know your friends with the NAMM show, you get to see stuff that hasn't come out yet. And maybe that gives you a little bit of like, Oh, that's, you know, that's cool. I know it's coming. Mostly I've learned that just adds frustration. It's <laughs> like, Oh, I love that. When can I get it? Six months. Great. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, uh, somebody says they changed it to top chat uh, on the top on the super chat because of Top Gun. But anyways, but so back to the amp. So so I I don't know other than they're super light. That's the idea behind them. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um, the especially when we had Alex said especially when I had access to them at TGU with with the amp designer, I thought it'd be cool. But um, okay, uh, one two three. Jim Thomas just said thank you uh um op three i don't know man <laughs> umomp3 plsdn says happy womb evacuation day buddy thank you uh chris just did a super chat and steve did a happy birthday like your show thank you man i really appreciate that it's always nice to hear nice things uh grumpy mike says happy birthday philip i can't stop looking at the ant behind you custom question mark yes yeah uh yes <laughs> uh Yes, <laughs> it's a custom with a K. Um, and uh, Matt, uh, uh, Matt wants to know Nashville Telemod with a GNL. Uh, he's got MFD single coils in the neck and middle. Uh, he bought a DiMaggio Super Distortion T bridge. What value pots and caps should I use? Um, well, you're using. Okay, so you're saying you're up. You modded the GNL with MFD single in the neck and middle. Okay. And a super distortion. And so I'm assuming you, uh, the super distortion is a single coil value to our single coil size. Um, if it, I think I, I'm going to stick with the rule I always stick with. Um, I just like majority rules for me. There's no wrong answers, but I, I've learned this for me. If you have two single coils and a humbucker, I always use 250K potentiometers. Although keep in mind, I always give this as a caveat. There are potentiometers out there that are stacked to give 250K and 500 so you can isolate each pickup pick up to, the, to the, I don't want to say correct, but more generally used potentiometer value. However, that being said, so if you have two singles and a humbucker, I will go with uh, 250k pots. If you had two humbuckers in a single, I will go with 500k pots. I look at it that way. It's like, you know, if you're going to have more pickups in one genre or one pickups with, you know, single coils, stick to the single coil style pots, vice versa. That's a rule I follow. And then of course it's salt to taste after that you can do it, but that's where I would start with. So BK just did a super chat and water for giants said happy birthday. Thanks for all you do, man. Thank you for the happy birthday wishes. Um, I just found out yesterday Henning's birthday was yesterday. So we're actually, I think that makes us both Leo's. I'm not sure. 
not really into astro astrology astrology is that what it is what is that stuff the i don't know i just know i'm a leo <laughs> i probably couldn't tell you uh anyone else's sign so um okay okay so uh hold on a second you guys jump around with questions Oh, Winston wants to know, do they still make the custom amps? I don't know if they make custom amps. They probably do. Um, I'm not sure, but they don't make that amp. That amp was very short-lived. It, it lived, I want to say, just off of my memory, 2004 to 2007 was probably its lifespan. And if I recall, I think the last version or iteration of the amp, the last year it was out, it moved to China. Uh, because at that point it was made in China on the amps. So there's some out there that say made in China on them. I don't know if there's a quality difference at that point. Cause I can tell you it's, a, it's not a hand wired amp. So it's all PC board. It was all Chinese parts probably put into assembled in the U S I even understand that these are the ones that are say made in the USA, um, uh, were actually built at James Brown's like ranch or our facility. You never know. You know, it's one thing about the channel now, maybe we can get James to come talk about them. So, uh, very impressive amp. Very cool. For, for what it is. Huh. Um, hmm. You know, it's funny is Joey, uh, Joe Harvey just said, Phil, worst customer you ever had when you owned the store. Happy birthday, uh, brother. Many more. Uh, thank you. You know, I, I always kind of hate those stories um, because uh, I always kind of looked at customers as uh, not only as friends, you know, for most of them, but, um, people I'm supposed to take care of, you know what I mean? So it's hard to publicly say anything negative, uh, about them. Um, so you know what I mean? Cause everybody's kind of quirky, <laughs> right? Um, so I don't, I don't remember bad ones. You know what I remember mostly was, um, you know, weird stuff that happened and generally was not customers, right? It was just crazy. People would come in your store, you know, <laughs> I can tell you the, 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 the hardest thing that ever happened in the store uh, that had nothing to do with customers, but that was the hardest thing ever was the, uh, the bus routes changed in my town. And so there was a bus layover. They turned the bus stop in front of my store into a layover. And what happened was, you know, you get people come in cause they're waiting for a bus for 30 minutes and that's fine. That makes total sense. Especially it's a guitar store. They're like, Hey, I'm a guitar player. I got 40 minutes to kill. Let's go to a guitar store that I loved, but we would get, um, they would do this thing where a lot of uh, I didn't know, I didn't know what the signs were for, uh, like people who do math and stuff. I just did, I was very uneducated in this area and people would come in and I, I couldn't figure out what was odd, but something was odd. And finally, one of my employees was like that, that girl was on meth. <laughs> like, how do you know? And they explained it. And I was like, oh, and they're like, yeah, it should, you know, and it was just weird. So that's the only thing I remember as being negative. Cause that was some crazy people that would come in and say some crazy stuff. And I, I didn't know any better. So like a naive person, I would sit there and like, Oh, <laughs> like I thought we were having a real conversation. I didn't realize I was talking to somebody who was literally out of their mind for the moment on, on a drug. So that's the only thing I got. Uh, yeah. Phil says, oh, Phil, somebody said, uh, Joey Harvey says, OMG meth. Yeah, I was crazy. It was a crazy, uh, you know, it's always a crazy world. Um, uh, okay. So, uh, Wes McLunnanhan. 
<laughs> says happy birthday and are there drawbacks to a short scale base a short scale base is tuning down an issue yes and yes there are there are drawbacks as you guys know i'm a i'm a pretty avid short scale base fan especially middle uh, medium scale base there are uh, uh some some downsides of course it has a more mid-range punch and it's kind of cool for a good tone but it's hard to get those lower notes and it's definitely hard to get down tuned you don't want to down tune at all um because the shorter scale will cause a lot of rumbling and but it also depends on the quality of the base and how short scale it is 30 inch scale you get away with more than if you have some kind of wacky 28 scale short scale short scale base some of these like hybrid slash almost kids bases you know get a little shorter than real short scale um but yeah there are drawbacks the main drawback for me is i think the 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 g string the d string they sound bigger warmer so when i think of the beatles i always think of a shorter scale bass because of those notes sound so full every note is 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 like musical right i know that's paul mccartney too but you understand like the notes sound musical like it doesn't sound low indie and then twangy and high it's just each note sounds nice and i find that you know that's what certain shorter scale bass will give you that tone um and that's why i kind of gravitate toward them however the sacrifice is you lose that low end attack of the low e string you're you're not going to bring the thunder with the short scale bass in the most cases but you will have a to my, in my mind a more musical bass so it depends on what you're trying to do like if i'm going to play with a country band or a, a rock blues band uh, i generally will grab my p bass you know what i mean and just you know one four five it you know <laughs> and it's it's fantastic um but if i play with somebody like when i play with larry mitchell where you know they're a little bit more adventurous in what they do and they're then i can bring out something like the medium scale bass and and although i'm not doing slapping and popping and tricks and stuff i can at least when i'm moving around it's nicer especially if i'm doing some scale type patterns um a little easier on the fingers so to me short scale is more about the comfort than the sound you you got to give a little of the sound away to get the comfort back so yeah uh wanna beetle yeah uh thank you wanna beetle is definitely uh, a a connoisseur of beetle stuff um uh, says a lot of beetle beetle recordings were done with a ricky uh he used uh, the foam mute oh jumped uh it was installed on the bridge you know i didn't know that you know i knew i knew the only thing i really know besides paul mccartney is probably one of my favorite bass players of all time uh you know especially i always tell everybody if you if if you want to impress people i don't mean musicians <laughs> if you want to impress listeners with a bass if you have a bass guitar learn some beatles songs because paul mccartney because he wrote a lot of songs on the bass when you play a lot of the paul mccartney bass lines they're the melody lines they're the music you know it's you can't impress somebody with some of the bass lines it just sounds like scales it doesn't sound like anything musicians understand what a bass player does and if you're you know slapping and popping and you're doing the flea tricks and stuff that always kind of like shocks people for a minute but but i always find if somebody goes oh you play bass can you play something play a beatles lick it, it'll always impress everyone who's not a musician because that's what they connect with bass. You know what I mean? They'll connect like music to it. But that being said, I knew he, you know, obviously did the Hoffner. I knew he didn't use a Fender bass um, because he said they were expensive. I always love that about him, that, that comment that he said when he started out, they were too expensive. But I didn't know he used a Rickenbacker. So that's really interesting. Thank you. So. Um, somebody said lead bass. Yeah, of course. Uh, and then this is another one. Uh, Wilmer wants to know, hey, Phil, what are your thoughts on the orange pedal baby pedal power amp? I literally saw a picture of it on Instagram. I have not seen it. However, um, 
it's another one of these pedal platform amplifiers. And I think that they're gaining some momentum. I, I, I've been on the record as saying that, you know, I kind of a little confused by some of them because you can get combo amps to do some of this stuff. But I also understand why somebody would want, you know, if your pedal board is a, a function of your sound, it's a big part of your sound. I can see um, why you would want a platform to let your pedals kind of be your sound. You know what I mean? Get the amp out of the way and just let it be power. So I, th I think that um, I was really, in, uh, really impressed uh, with the Rev, uh, their D series uh, amplifier. Uh, is it the D20? Is that what it is? Anyways, fantastic concept. Um, and uh, so I understand why everybody's kind of going after that. So, but, you know, I also think if you're just going to get a, a thing like that, it would be nice to have other options. And one thing I liked about the Rev is it had the direct out on the back. I thought that was really cool, especially with like IRs and stuff. So really cool. I'm really interested in checking out some of that stuff. Um, that's stuff that's cool for me because one thing that's nice about uh, the YouTube channel is I get to take a lot of the experience or things I've learned over, over my life and maybe share them with people. And that's one thing I love about watching YouTube videos. I get to watch all the people that, 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 you know, share their, their livelihood or what they do or how their experiences come or their, you know, thing, but stuff like that's fun for me to do because I get to learn it. And a lot of times I think it's funny. Sometimes we don't understand some of my videos I'm, I'm teaching and some of the videos I can't teach you because I'm learning it. So I'm just sharing my learning experience. Like this is how I, what I'm doing right now when I'm learning it. And that's definitely product. When I, when I show you guys, I can't teach you anything. I I'm learning it as you as you are. So you want to go to the, to the, the sources that know how, what they're talking about. And that's why I try to make those videos more like a, Hey, let's check this out thing. I'm not really sure how it works. Let's see what happens. So there you go. Uh, Joey Hervé, Hervé 84 says, Phil, how is your solar guitar? I absolutely love that solar guitar. Um, you can tell, I, I told you it's the worst thing about the channel. I, I, I think about changing that. I don't know how to change it. One of the things that sucks is the more the, when you see stuff here, like it's either I'm just checking it out right now, like the custom and, uh, you know, I'm checking out uh, the AZ that's above it. Um, but mostly what I play all the time is going to be in the other room, my actual bedroom, because I go in there and practice uh, before I go to bed. And, and when I wake up in the morning, it's usually the first thing I do. <laughs> so practice a little bit. Um, the uh, There's a reason why. The uh, It's because I like my ear in the morning. I like the way things sound after having eight eight hours or six hours of quiet. Um, you know how guitar players will say, you know, amps, they, they change the sound changes all the time. I go, I don't really believe that's true. I mean, sure, you can take an amp and move it in the room and the room changes the sound. But when an amp stays in the same place and everything's the same and somebody says, oh, but the amp sometimes sounds different. I, I think what I've experienced is you're different. If you spend the day out in the city and you hear jackhammers and cars and all that stuff, and then you go home and you're like, my amp sounds different than it did yesterday. Well, that's your ears. Your ears have been adjusting and, you know, all things, all these things are happening in your ears to either protect yours. So I find that if you want consistency in the way things sound, I like first in the morning. You're always had your ears have had time to relax. <laughs> so that's what I do in the morning. Um, so, um, so that's, the, so the solar guitar is in the other room. Cause I love it. The only thing, like I said, is I will be changing the pickups in the solar. I've committed to this. I just haven't committed to which ones I have two sets and I've been just, it's been driving me crazy, <laughs> which way to go. But I love the guitar. I play it so much. Uh, in fact, there was a question my buddy had for me in Nashville was, I still love it. I still love it. Okay, what are we doing on time? We're doing great on time, and 
let's uh, check the top chats. I've had them pinned for a little bit. Uh, okay, hold on a second. Uh, Brian Stewart says, for the Gibson bar tab, just in case, thanks for taking care of me. Had a blast. <laughs> thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> I think maybe we should stop talking about that. I think I will get that bill in the mail. It'd be funny. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe it won't be funny. I don't know what a, <laughs> I don't know what a Gibson beer costs. Um, Steve Long says, happy birthday, Phil. Thank you, man. Uh, Jeff uh, Fitzgerald also uh, just did a super chat, and so did Harrison. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, and uh, uh, Ro Roman says, not a patron, but support you two bucks at a time. You know what, man? I appreciate it. Uh, it's it's it, it's nice. It's a nice. It's, it's a, I'm a very lucky to have this gig. So um it's a cool gig to meet guitar. Players. It's a cool gig. It's it is. And you know, what's funny is if I have a different tonality to me, and I think you guys probably noticed that when I come back from traveling, it's because meeting you guys really changes the way I look at things like here at home. Sometimes you guys probably don't see it this way. Sometimes I can make content and you get hundreds of thousands of views. And in my head, it's just nothing. It doesn't really translate to anything. I'm, you know, to me, I'm staring at a camera in my room alone by myself, <laughs> right? And then I, I'm on the computer and really what you notice is, uh, and then you get 50 comments telling you what a horrible person you are each day. And so in your brain, you're just like, I don't know, does anyone give a crap? <laughs> you just make content. And then when I go out, um, what I love, and I'll probably ruin this now, what I love is when you go out, no one ever comes up to you and says, oh, you're a horrible person and you should kill yourself. Although I get that every day in the comments. It's it's a different experience. In person, everybody is either fake because they they don't want to say mean things, which is not what I believe. I'm just trying to go for the joke. Or they're, they're they, they, you guys are great. So meeting you guys is great. Hearing things is great. That's like, hey, I enjoy the content. And, I, and, I, and you know, especially I love it when anyone says now they're doing something I like to do because of videos, whether it's, I'm now making YouTube videos because I saw you do it. I'm fixing guitars because I saw you do it. Uh, you know, I'm playing guitar because I saw you do it. That's great. That's There's no better feeling than that ever, like ever in life. The idea that you've infected something with, infected somebody with a positive thing is is great. It literally gives you like, uh, I don't it's it's like eight, 18, um, I'm going to date myself right now, Jolt Colas. That's how out of whack I am. Jolt Colas. I, I think I now have to say monster drinks, right? <laughs> Any Anybody under 40 is like, I don't know what, what the heck is Jolt Cola. <laughs> Jolt Cola kids is what they did before monster. Anyways, uh, Reggie Wooten. Hey, Reggie, how's the kit going? I hope it's doing good. Uh, he says, hey, Phil, I completed the blue guitar. Oh, okay. Uh, would you be interested in a kit build challenge? Okay. This is interesting already. I get the kits, build them, then you sharpen them. Thoughts? This is interesting, right? This is an interesting idea. Um, so you would, so the idea would, you would build a kit and then you would send it to me and then I would trick it out or see what I can do to improve it. I like this idea. Do you guys, for a Sharpen My X uh, video, that could be a way to do it, right? Uh, definitely easier on the pocketbook for me because, I mean, you're going to build the kit. I could definitely find some companies. Companies will sponsor Sharpen My X with product. I think we've talked about this before. Um, a lot of YouTubers, if you know, they mod guitars and, and on their channels. And it's because if you mod your own guitar, it's great because if I was going to mod one of my guitars, like, 
I can get a company to send me pickups and tuning keys and all that stuff. And then I get my guitar tricked out and I make a video. That seems like a cool deal. When I'm modding your guys' guitars, there's expenses to that. So even if a company gives me parts, I have to pay the shipping. There's other things that, you know, or sometimes I can't get all the parts. So, I'm, uh, so this is an interesting thing because I think we could do it. And I think it could be easy enough on the budget. Um, and I'd be willing to cover half the shipping. So if you pay to ship it to me, I'll pay to ship it back. Because usually the video makes enough to cover something like that. So I'm not out anything. I, I'd be up for that, Reggie. Uh, I'd like to hear you guys' thoughts on that too. But Reggie, I'll say officially I'm up for the idea. So so it sounds like fun. I think people might be interested to see what you do with a kit after you do, do it basic. You guys, I would love to hear your thoughts on any ways we can make it more exciting video. Maybe some rules or crazy challenges or ideas. Or just you know keep it keep it simple. Whatever you guys think. Uh, <laughs> Tony Goyburn says vigilante beer fun. Are there, <laughs> are there too many Fender guitar lines? Uh, Fender seems to introduce a new line every couple weeks. Um, yeah, you know, what's sad is I, I do agree that there are two, or if you're, you're, you're commenting, there's too many Fender guitar lines or asking either way. I think there is because I always think there's too much. How I determine there's too much of something is when I can't keep track. I literally live in a world where all I do is talk about guitar all day, <laughs> all day. It's just, you know, right? when I'm not talking to you guys and doing reviews, I'm working on guitars. When I'm working on guitars. I'm talking to guitar players. I'm, you know, talking to companies. I'm in at guitar events, literally guitars everywhere. So to me, sometimes when I'm constantly like, I can't even keep track of the stuff that's coming out fast. I feel like lately the Fender stuff's been coming out pretty, pretty fast and furious to where, uh, it's hard to get my hands on and worse. You know, the worst thing about the new fender stuff is they keep coming out with stuff. And then I go to my local fender dealers, these big chain stores, and they don't have any of it. They have like one. And so I can't even check it out to get versed in it. So I feel like it's just this world of Instagram pictures. So that's my two cents on that. Um, and then Sean Brown says, HBTP, do you plan on checking out PT 15 IR. Okay. So <laughs> isn't it funny? I think Sean, aren't you the one that always says happy birthday? And today's like, actually not my birthday, but tomorrow's my birthday. It's the 27th, but still it's birthday weekend. Um, so it's funny today would actually make sense. Happy birthday. Uh, did I check out, uh, do I plan to check out the PT 15? Yes. Uh, I'm hoping what is going to happen is, uh, sometime. If you guys have noticed, I did a video with Marty Schwartz. He was super, super cool. I mean, what he did for me is great. He, he, he stopped me at the Gibson event that I was crashing. How, how crazy is that? Uh, I was actually leaving to go get in my Uber car and he stopped me and he told me he liked my videos. And I said, yeah, I said, you know, I told him the story about when he tweeted my channel and I got, you know, a, a couple thousand subs. And then he asked me if I want to do a video and then he had me come down to his studio and he did a video where he basically just let me take, take over his channel for, you know, a video. And that was really kind. So he lives in San Diego. I plan to go see him again. That'd be great. But anyways, uh, what I'm trying to say is there's a bunch of people like Tim Pierce and Pete Thorne in California, and I would love to go down and say hi to them. And they've, they've, you know, said, if I'm in town, say hi. And so I would love to go if I'm in every situation, I think it could work out where I, if I'm at, if Pete's got the time, I think I can orchestrate something where I go to Pete's studio and review his amp for this channel. You know what I mean? Not on his channel and maybe have him there. So, you know what I mean? Have the guy himself help me walk me through it. So that'd be cool. I'd really like to check out the amp for sure. Uh, it's an amp that looks really cool, but as you know, it's got a really cool price tag. So I would really like 
uh, to go with it. And so that's something, but I promise you, if I do that, I will promise that on the live show or whatever way I communicate, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or the patron thing, I will, I'll reach out and try to get as many of you that have any questions about the amp. So when we go there, it's just not a generic, like, Hey, tell me about your amp. I would really like to go, Hey, you know, these are some of the questions and thoughts people have. And they're curious about, uh, even comparison stuff. I think he's Pete's a, a great guy and he is always up for, uh, you know, sharing guitar knowledge and doing stuff. So I don't think I'll have a problem with, you know, talking about his amp in a non-commercial way. He, he invites, uh, you know, somebody looking at his stuff, you know, looking at his guitar, looking at his pickups. Um, SG Flying V said, just got a J Custom RG8320 bike, uh, biker black. Keep or sell it. Keep or sell it. You just got it. <laughs> How are you supposed to know? Um, okay. So this is a tough one. This is because there's a, you have, in my experience of this stuff, and I'm not saying my experience like my experience, but my just what happens to me a lot is what I want to say. I buy something. I always have buyer's remorse. I've always suffered buyer's remorse on everything. If I buy a TV, I'm like, did I buy the right one? Does this have enough pixels? And I buy a guitar. I go, did I get the right one? Is it too light? Is it too heavy? Should I not have bought it? Should I got the other one? I'm a buyer's remorse person by, by definition. And it always happens to me for like a day or two. But oh, I've learned what it is, is it's guilt. It's just guilt. My buyer's remorse is always centered in guilt for me. You might be different. I understand, but I'm just telling you my inside of me, what I've learned. This is the experience of my life at this point is that I don't need anything. So when you buy stuff, you feel guilty because you're like, I don't need this. <laughs> right? So there's no, there's no, there's no, like I have, I'm less upset. I should say horrible say this. Think about this. I, I told you guys a couple months ago, a couple, yeah, a month and a half ago, I had a pipe break in my front yard and it cost me thousands of dollars. And then the air conditioning just went out in a house and and in the house and 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 that's just thousands of dollars. And that stuff really hurts financially. But believe it or not, it upsets me less because that stuff I don't control. I, I if that happens to you, you just you're like, okay, I guess I work more and I pay for it. But a guitar is something I didn't need. So I always have some guilt. So maybe when you bought it, you have some guilt. My best advice if that's you and if you're like me that way, just wait it out a day or two. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Uh but if it's you don't like the guitar, you don't like the guitar. Don't keep a guitar you don't like. I, I that is the mistakes I have made. That's the other thing I've experienced. I have forced myself to like guitars to find to find out that you know what if i was just going with my gut in the first place i didn't like them so there you go okay so um okay what else hold on i want i know you got a super chat or top chat but i want to hit some non-top chats real quick uh Somebody says, you say it's your birthday. I think that's the song, right? You say it's your birthday. It's my birthday too. Um, Paul Ewing says, Phil, I'm surprised you do not have the Fender alternate reality power caster since it's um, Fender. I tried one, really liked it. I really, really, really liked it. It was too grand. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, that's a lot. And you know what it was? Um, I'll tell you, I, I, I have two Les Pauls and I thought it was time to get rid of one. And I thought maybe I could get rid of that and get something like that. I thought that'd be cool. Um, but the Les Paul I have at max is worth about $1,500. 
So I was like, I'd have to out of pocket, you know, it's out of pocket 500 bucks. And then I did the thing that you do where you go, okay, so I just pay $500 to get a telly that's like a Les Paul. I already have a Les Paul. That's what it is. I think if I, if I was, like you said, I'm a guy who says I, I like Fenders, but I want them to sound like Gibsons. That is the guitar. I agree. Um, but I also have other guitars and they kind of all similarly have that stuff. And, and I know recently, like I bought this AZ, but I think what people don't understand is sometimes when I buy guitars like that, I didn't buy the guitar. Uh, that's a guitar. If you guys know, as I talked about, I wanted for a long time, but I had an experience and that experience gave it, gave it meaning. And sometimes that's cooler. Sometimes a guitar with meaning is way cooler than just a guitar you want. So, yes <laughs> so he said tucson in the summer and without air conditioning would suck yeah well i'm in phoenix area so it's even hotter uh okay so what else do we got we got a uh let's do let me toggle back take a drink um julia uh, julia did a chop top chat thank you julia i appreciate that uh Jos josco plumbing supply hey i remember josco how's it going uh this is happy birthday phil can i use a freeman runt 20 combo as a cabinet for my extra heads uh yeah you can do that with any combo so what he's asking just so we're very clear because this is very clear <laughs> right can you take a combo for like let's say this princeton which would be no different than yours could i take this princeton and use just the speaker absolutely um you would have to plug the speaker plug into your other amplifier and you would just be using the amplifier in this speaker can you do that and bypass the combo you wouldn't turn it on yes that's exactly what you can do you would not want to run an amplifier into that amplifier i think you know that but i need to be very clear because not everyone here is at the same levels and you don't want anybody to misconstrue that because that will be an expensive mistake. And I would hate to be responsible for telling you that. So, um, yes, can, can, yes, essentially a guitar, I think of this, a combo amp is just the head of an amplifier, an amplifier head and the speaker cabinet in one box. So unless the speaker is hardwired to the combo, which happens to be the case in some amps, but not that Friedman, as far as I know, you should be able to unplug that speaker and then plug that speaker into any other amplifier. And yeah, use that cabinet. Sure. Why not? I do it all the time. People have done it. We all have done it. If you're in a, been in a band, I think everybody who's ever been in a band for any length of time has done every wacky thing you can think of. <laughs> so the, uh, uh, Wayne Hannon says, happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, it says, thanks for building this community for us and all the great content. Have a blast this weekend. I plan to have a blast this weekend. It's nice. I feel like I, if you notice, I feel bad. I didn't make any Instagrams, no Facebooks, no YouTube videos this week. Literally, I didn't even, I even have videos in the can. So you'll see them next week. We'll be a little bit opposite than this week. I'll have a lot of videos next week. Um, I didn't even release those videos because I just needed to detox. <laughs> just feel like there's been a lot of content. I've been on a lot of other channels. I've been a lot of stuff, a lot of traveling. So yeah, it's a, and so this weekend is just, I want to, you know, spend some family time, have a good time and then start hard on Monday with lots of content. And, and thank you so much. Uh, and I thank you for being part of the community. This is cool. This is, like I said, this is the, this is my, my, when I started this, this is my, my, my dream that I didn't even know I had at the first part, you know, right. Which was, wouldn't it be great if I, if wherever I go, I can meet somebody that likes guitar and talk about music. It's great. I love talking music. Gunky Zip says, buying, buying for others. Okay. A guy with a Dutch name is planning on buying one of the affordable PRSSE customs 24 with Floyd thoughts. Um, 
Uh, you know, I checked out at TGO. I checked out the uh, PRSSE with custom, with custom 24 with Floyd. Uh, okay. So I'm trying to understand the, the comment buying for, uh, for the others, a guy with a Dutch name. I don't think that pertains. What pertains is what do I think? I, I can't tell you, you know, what you like. I can only tell you what I like. I'm not a huge fan of the SE with Floyd. I wasn't, I tried it at TGU and I was not digging it. Um, I like Floyd's. Okay. I have some Floyd's. Um, but I like Floyd's on my rocker guitars and I always feel like the PRS is not the same kind of rocker guitar. So it's just different. It's different, you know, different guitars for everybody. Like I, um, you know, Tyler Larson has one of the actual American ones with Floyd. And I, so, you know, one of the first things I ever said to him is why <laughs> just being transparent on this. Um, and he said, yeah, I liked it. He goes, I like Floyd's and I wanted one. I like PRS. So I had it. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. But I would be uh, remiss if I didn't tell you the one of the first things I ever said when I met him was, why did he have the guitar? It just never really made sense to me. Because I always thought, I always think a PRS, I always think a Paul Reed Smith guitars is drinking the Kool-Aid, right? Like if you buy a Paul Reed Smith guitar, it's all about buying into his theories about guitars. And so now that there's so many PRS guitars, in fact, I, my, my joke lately has been, PRS is the most non-PRS out there now. You know, he used to be like, oh, this is the right nut, not this. And now he's got bone nuts on his guitars. This is the best bridge. I make it. Now it's got Floyd's. So I find that he's not making the guitars that he set out to a lot of times. But I think maybe that's his growth. Maybe he's decided that, you know, you guys want it. So he should build it because, you know, that's what you guys want. But I always think of PRS as being more traditional to PRS. I think that way. So, you know, about everything, I think, uh, a Fender Strat, I'm not a big Fender Strat with a Floyd Rose, although I like Charvel's with Floyd Roses, which are a Fender with Floyd Rose. So it's just my thought process. I think if I bought a PRS SC, I would buy a non Floyd for me, but not because there's anything wrong with the guitar. And I dare say per se, <laughs> right? Cause then that would per se, is that what they, and then we'll go into like a, we got a couple bonus questions. Um, Zinc Orby says, happy birthday. Have a Mai Tai on me. You know, I'm not a liquor person. I tried, I tried, uh, scotch and whiskey, which I, and I've been learning about what's different about them. This is going to be weird <laughs> for a gear channel. Uh, and about how basically whiskey is all about where the water comes from. Right. So like Tennessee whiskey comes from a Tennessee well. And, you know, if you get scotch, it comes from a Scot water from Scotland, Scottish whale. And that's a big thing. So I've been learning about that. So I've been trying to be a connoisseur of whiskey a little bit. And, uh, it, you know, it's not working. I'm not, I'm not a liquor person. Beer was like already hard, tough. Uh, I didn't drink my first beer. <laughs> no, seriously. I, I probably didn't actually drink beer until I was 30 trying to do off memory. I want to say 36. It might've been a little later than that. Now, of course I tried a beer. I had a beer when I was 21, uh, my 21st birthday, somebody bought me a six pack of beer to try. Um, but I'm, what I'm saying is I never enjoyed it. I never, you know, I didn't know it was until my mid thirties. All of a sudden I was like, Oh, I, I think I like this. So uh, it's a re recreational thing. I like, I enjoy now it's part of the thing. Uh, queen finger says scotch sucks. <laughs> Jose Cuervo. Yeah. Well, see, here's the problem. I, I really think it's like, again, it's, it's a connoisseur thing. I, I, you know, uh, my friends and I, cause we all, you know, they buy me scotch. Sometimes Ralph's bought me scotch or, or whiskey to try, you know, and I've gotten it, but it's just not my thing. So Guinness stout. Oh yeah. See, here's the thing. I'm definitely a dark beer person. Um, Again, uh, 
Riley Tech says, what is the best way to get the Brian May red special tone? Okay, next week, please. This is for ump, um, um, oh, three. Man, I love you, but I hate your sign on. It's tough. It's like a license plate game on steroids. U-M-O-P. Why am I not seeing this? Um, up, three, please, din. I don't know what that means, but I know what your sign. I, you know, I got your sign. It says, okay. So, um, no, wait, I'm reading the wrong one. That wasn't even the word. I just saw his, um, that was Riley tech. Sorry. Uh, anyways, uh, Riley tech wants to know how to get the Brian Mace down. Uh, so I did a v video, uh, that will, that was going to come out this week, but I, I just really like I said, I wanted to break with Kafir. If you guys know who Kafir is, I'll put a link. Uh, you, you do know who he is because he's got like 800,000 subscribers on YouTube and 700,000 followers on Instagram. You've probably seen this guy's videos. He's an amazing player. But when I did is I tapped into his mind, uh, I seriously, when I met him, I said, Hey, this is a guy who's not just a great player. There's a lot of great players. He really understands tone. And so I asked him to do a video with me. And so we did the video where he walked me through how to get the best tone out of amps. And I will say this, I, 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 I tell you this hundred percent. I learned a lot, a lot more than I ever thought I would from the video. I really did the video as a, like a, Oh, this will be great for the people that don't know how to dial in an amp. And literally walked away from it with a better understanding of how to get good tone. And uh, it was really good. So hopefully you'll take away from that too. And, and believe it, believe it or not, uh, I'll link what I'll link him. He just did a, uh, a Bohemian Rhapsody song that got viral and stuff. So I'll, I'll link that. He's got a great way. And hopefully that will help you with gritting in some good tones because he has a different way of kind of approaching the knobs on an amplifier. And, uh, and I made him do it with two different amps and a really expensive one and a really inexpensive one. So, so, so that everybody doesn't just think, okay, yeah, if you get a $4,000 amp, of course you can sound good. I made him do it on a, on a solid state amp and a tube amp to get the sound to tones. Okay. So that video, uh, coming soon. Uh, okay. Uh, what else do we got before we go? We got to have a couple more questions <laughs> since I've now moved everyone talking about scotch and whiskey away from guitar stuff. Okay. Vincent's got a question for Philip McKnight. That's me. I bought a new Goto bridge from my SG. What do I use to make grooves in the saddles? So you bought the Goto bridge without the, gr the grooves in the saddles. Here's okay. So I'm going to give you two things. First, if you can return that and get the one with the grooves in the saddles, I suggest that. Okay. Because otherwise you're going to have to take a file and cut the grooves in the saddles. And here's the important part. You can't just do it. You can't just randomly go at it and cut it in grooves because believe it or not, that has more to do with intonation than you ever will believe. Um, uh, you know, the things that the string touches are very important. That being the cuts and the grooves in the nut and the grooves in the saddle. So, um, now to, to, to get to the easy part of it, it is just as easy as, uh, cause it's soft metal. Usually those saddles are going to be brass with like a, a nickel and then, a, a you know, so they can put the chrome onto it. I'm not a really, into i'm not into that i don't know how to do that but i i brief understanding of what the materials are that there because i've cut into them to see what the layers are um so that'd be my guess is it's going to be brass if it's not it could be some cast cheap metal but it's goto so i'm imagining it's good um but uh that's what i would suggest to do um you could also go to graph tech and get the graph tech saddle pieces and install those those already have cut grooves um but uh, and I also don't know what your skill set is. If you've done repair, maybe you're savvy with a file. Maybe you know how to do this. And maybe, you, you know, I would recommend you give it a try. Um, but 
I wouldn't recommend you just taking a file off of, you know, quick comment like this and saying, yeah, just file in the groups because again, not only that, but you also have to have the correct way to measure it. And to be honest with you, I've been cheating for so long measuring. Um, I have one of those Stu Mac rulers I've had uh, for 15 years where it has the cut, the cuts in the actual ruler. So I can just use the ruler and then pencil through the, the cut marks in the ruler. So it's so, I, the downfall of, of, of those tools, those specialty tools is they save a lot of time. They're very efficient and I know they're expensive, but they're very efficient, but they also make you kind of dumber. That's what good tools like that will do. They make you just rely on the tool and not on your, your, your skill set. So unfortunately I've been doing that for so long. I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I, well, I could tell you how to do it with a ruler, but I would recommend you do that. So I would recommend trying to get the right saddles first because you definitely want the ones with the grooves cut into them for the correct spacing and then to get the proper intonation. So, all right. Uh, what else do we got? We got a couple. We got time, right? One more, two more questions, something real fast. Jens Martin uh, wants to know, hey, Phil, what is your thoughts on the Ibanez Jim Juniors thinking of buying one? Those guitars specifically for me personally, a lot of the Indonesian Ibanezes have been hit or miss. In other words, I've picked up I've picked up a Jim Junior that I thought was as good or if not better than a main Japan one. And I picked up one that I was like, wow, I can't believe it's escaped the factory. That being said, exactly that. I think if you want one, I think you can find a great one. Just either try to get your hands on it. That's a, There's certain guitars that I could blindly tell you, like, yeah, just on the, order that online, and I think you'll be safe. Unfortunately, the Jim Juniors, and from one of those I've touched, that's not what I'm going to suggest. I'm going to suggest you try to put your hands on it to find out you got the right one, or maybe use a supplier like Stu Mac or a seller, a smaller store seller on Reverb that's giving you accurate pictures and maybe even doing a setup before it goes out. Now, keep in mind, Sweetwater doesn't do setups before they shoot out guitars. Uh, you have to pay extra for that. And there's, uh, I got a million comments, mixed reactions on that, whether or not their setups are any good. Um, but at least you get to see real pictures and, you know, get a sense of it. Uh, but, but that's it. And so, you know, what, what I'm talking about, the issues I found is it's always frets. Some of them, the fretwork is fantastic. And some of the fretwork, you got some dead spots and stuff. Those guitars, especially because you, if you're buying that guitar, you want to shred, man. You want the low action. So low action is where you're going to find. Low action is really where bad fretwork sticks out. <laughs> so that's why on those shredder guitars, it pops more than others. Uh, hmm. Uh, Boston guitarist, uh, this is a question I don't know an answer, but I thought we could rely on the community for some responses. He, Boston guitarist wants to know, are there better options than reverb? I find them to be expensive. Um, there's always, of course the, you know, there's eBay, there's Craigslist, um, there's offer up. There is sometimes if you are into a specific type of guitar, there are, uh, communities about that. Like for instance, if you're into like certain Ibanez's or Gibson's or Fender's vintage guitars or certain models, you can find a community that is just about the guitar and then they sell them to each other because they have more value because everybody's more educated on what it is. Um, I haven't tried many other sources than that. Of course, online, there's always Guitar Center Online. I bought that custom coupe from Guitar Center Online. Um, it was good. Of course, you know, you're, you, your Guitar Center Online is going to be a really bad, out-of-focus picture. <laughs> I don't know why. It, it seems like, not all of them, but it seems like every time I want to buy something off their used site, 
the pitcher is out of focus. Um, there's usually one or two pitchers if you're lucky and they're always horrible. And the description is as vague as you can possibly get. It's like amp custom. <laughs> cool. Um, sometimes you can call the stores uh, my experience. Again, I'm trying to try not to sound negative, but you know, it's just the, you know, I can't tell you not what happened. This is what happens. I call the stores. It's, you sometimes you get lucky and the employee is willing to go and check it out personally for you and give you a ver, uh, visual inspection and talk about it. Sometimes they're busy. Um, but I still will buy from online guitar center. Like I did with this amp because, uh, it was the color I wanted, the model I wanted. It was the price I definitely wanted to pay, which was three fifty plus shipping. And you can choose if you're, if you want to have it delivered to the nearest store to you and then there go do the visual inspection there. And if you don't like it, you don't have to take it out of the store. That's always a nice uh, thing to do. And um, I think maybe they pay, make you pay the shipping. I don't know. Most every time uh, if I'm buying it, I'm pretty, no, I wanted it in the first place. So I'm, as long as there's not something wrong with it, I'm okay. Um, but also they have a good return policy. So you can feel a little safe on that if you get it since you're home. Uh, and that gives you a little peace of mind too. I mean, buying online, returning stuff. Uh, some people have different opinions about it, but sadly enough, if everybody's going to start buying online, return policies are going to be the only thing that saves us because it's almost impossible. Everything's just an educated guess when buying online, especially when, you know, yeah, see, and William's saying Guitar Center also has a 30-day policy. Plus, uh, you know, there's always the exception. Sometimes Guitar Center's priced a little high, but most of the time they usually priced really low for online for used gear. Really good because they're just trying to flip the stuff. So good experiences with them. Music around online. I've also had good experiences buying from them online. They're cool. Good resource of, of product. And sometimes, believe it or not, I've had really good uh, experience with none of those. Just Google. Just type in use custom coupe 30 or whatever you're looking for. Type that into Google and let it find all the places it's for sale online. And believe it or not, you always find a little weird kind of like, oh, wow, I've never heard of this. It's Jim's Music in Montana. I just made that up. But you know what I mean? Uh, you know, or better yet, Carter's Vintage Guitars in Nashville will have it and you would have never went to their website. So don't forget to use those Google searches because they'll find those, those, those nooks and crannies. And there, when a small store, you can call those guys like at those stores and get a, you know, to get them to talk to you about the product. You know, they, they're more than happy in most cases to sell you something, <laughs> right? And, in, in, in this economy and world and marketplace, they, they, you know, they like to pay their bills. So, all right. On that note, I think we're going to call it. We did like 18, 20 minutes over. Um, let me make sure that I didn't miss anything because sometimes, you know, you, oh, I'm good there. And I think we covered everything on my list. Oh, you know what? I, I want to do a quick shout out to some new patrons. Uh, I had, uh, you know what? I had Bob. I want to say hi to Bob. I'm just going to say first names. Bill. And Robert, Anthony, and Jason. Um, and these were for the month of July. So I thought, uh, you know what? That's a cool thing. I want to do shout outs to the new new patrons. Of course, the, the patron crews that support this channel as well. Um, but I wanted to say, you know, specifically a shout out to the new ones. Thank you guys for supporting the channel. You don't have to do that. So, of course, it's great when you do. And uh, all of you guys obviously hanging out with me every Friday, buying merch. Uh, watching the videos, thumbing up, doing thumbs up. Hey, I hate to say it, thumbs down. You get <laughs> it's the one thing, good thing about YouTube. You brought a bad comment, you do a thumbs down, you do a good comment, you do a thumbs up. YouTube thinks that's interaction and shares my video even more. It's the it's the only thing that's crazy about YouTube. Whether you hate me or love me, it caused me to get shared more. So the only way to 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 truly hate a YouTuber is to not engage. So I don't know. I shouldn't really teach the trolls that, but it's the truth. Um 
but I want to thank you guys for that. And on that note, um, I'm going to let you guys go. Todd Flowers, hey, take care, buddy, as well. Thank you so much. And uh, and uh, just to make sure if there's anything else I can see before I go, I see a lot of Zims. I see Bim Mozzie. I see a lot of you guys. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. Lawrence says trolls can't help but engage. Yeah, this is a, sometimes trolls are what's keeping this inter, the YouTube channels alive. <laughs> so interesting enough. Uh, so, yeah, Brian says thank God for Ralph. Yes, Ralph always makes sure to thumbs down my videos. Um, so, anyways, on that note, guys, thank you guys again, especially for everything you guys are doing. And I will see you next Friday. Look forward to some videos this week, and uh, I, I look forward to talking to you guys soon. And until next time, I'm going to say know your gear. So know your gear.